Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Canada. Being the second largest country in the world, there are many things it has the most of, or the largest of, such as having the most lakes in the world, having the highest tides, and the place with the strongest current, having the most northern settlement, the largest wheat field, and the longest street. But it's more famous for ice hockey, moose, maple syrup, and bears, especially grizzly and polar bears. In fact, in one city in Manitoba province, people make sure they leave their cars unlocked. This is so that someone who may need to flee from an oncoming polar bear can find safety in a close-by vehicle. This is Segment 1, Bear Bones. Location, in the northern part of North America. Official name, Canada. Nationality, Canadian. Capital, Ottawa. Total area, 9,984,670 square kilometers, or 3,855,102 square miles. Population, 38,492,133. Official language, English and French are the official languages. There is no official religion. Currency, Canadian dollar. Form of government. Federal parliamentary democracy under a constitutional monarchy. Flag. There are three vertical bands, two equal red bands on the outer edges, and one double width of white in the middle. In the center of the white band is a red maple leaf. National symbols. The maple leaf has been declared an official emblem by both the French and the English Canadians on two separate occasions. The Canadian government made it official in 2011. There's also the beaver. Segment 2, Heart of the Nation. Geography and Climate. Canada borders only one other country, the United States, to its south, and it is the world's largest land border. Canada is the second largest country, with only Russia being bigger. It borders three oceans, the Pacific to the west, the Atlantic to the east, and the Arctic to the north. Canada's coastline is the world's longest, measuring 243,042 kilometers, or 151,019 miles. The island of Newfoundland in the northeast and a larger mainland sector, Labrador, together make up one of Canada's ten provinces. It also has three territories, Northwest Territories, Nunavut, and Yukon. Prince Edward's Island is Canada's smallest province and is on the East Coast, connected to New Brunswick Province by the Confederation Bridge. It's considered a maritime province. The country is mostly plains and mountains in the west, with lowlands in the southeast. The highest mountain in the country is Mount Logan at 19,551 feet, or 5,959 meters. It is the second highest mountain in North America. The Canadian Rocky Mountain Range has areas that are 300 miles wide. 
The lowest points are the Atlantic, Pacific, and Arctic Oceans, all at zero meters. The Great Lakes of North America are a series of large, interconnected freshwater lakes, the largest on Earth, with certain sea-like characteristics in the Mideast region of North America that connect to the Atlantic Ocean via the St. Lawrence River. They are not governed by distinct borders. Instead, the governance and legal system incorporates two countries, eight states, two provinces, Indian tribes and First Nations, American and Canadian international agencies, along with many local governments. Besides the Great Lakes, Canada has several other significantly large lakes, such as Great Bear Lake, Great Slave Lake, and Lake Winnipeg. There are many large rivers, with the Mackenzie being the longest, at 4,241 kilometers, or 2,635 miles. The Yukon, St. Lawrence, and Columbia Rivers all are shared with the United States. The Canadian Arctic Archipelago consists of 36,563 islands. There are several climate zones in Canada. Summers are short, but generally warm to hot. Winters are long, with persistent precipitation. In the high north, near the Arctic, continuous snow cover, or permafrost, is the norm in winter, and temperatures rarely rise above 10 degrees Celsius, or 50 degrees Fahrenheit even in the summer. In the Yukon Northwest, the coldest recorded temperature for the country was minus 63 degrees Celsius, or minus 81.4 in Fahrenheit. This was in Snag, Yukon in 1947. The Pacific West Coast and the Atlantic East Coast both have a maritime climate with daily highs around 25 degrees Celsius or 77 degrees Fahrenheit. However, on the Atlantic seacoast, the climate becomes increasingly milder even though the summers are short. Cyclonic storms form east of the Rocky Mountains, a result of the mixing of air masses from the Arctic, Pacific, and North American interior, and produce most of the country's rain and snow east of the mountains. Canada contains 9% of the world's renewable water supply. Natural Hazards There are volcanoes in the mountains on the west coast, but these mostly remain dormant. There are earthquakes, and on rare occasions, these can reach a strength of more than 7.0, which causes damage within a radius of over 100 kilometers, or 62 miles. Tsunamis are very rare, but tidal waves classified as tsunamis have occurred 11 times since 1903. The strongest tidal wave registered in Canada reached a height of 38 meters, or 124 feet, in 2007. Hurricanes occur occasionally, about five times a year, with Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and Labrador, and Quebec being the hardest-hit areas. The hurricane season usually lasts from early June to late November. Environment Current issues of concern are the metal smelting, coal-burning utilities, and vehicle emissions impacting agricultural and forest productivity, air pollution, and resulting acid rain, severely affecting lakes and damaging forests, and ocean waters becoming contaminated due to agricultural, industrial mining, and forestry activities. At the United Nations Conference on Environment and Development, also known as the Earth Summit in 1992, Canada was at the forefront of the environmental movement. 
It had developed the UV index and contributed scientific information that led to the Montreal Protocol on Substances that deplete the ozone layer. It was during this conference that the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change was presented. The objective of this was to reduce greenhouse gas emissions to a level that would prevent continued environmental damage. Canada signed to this and was a party to it. The Kyoto Protocol was designed to be an extension of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change by setting greenhouse gas reduction targets, and it was ratified in 2002. Canada was targeted to reduce its greenhouse gas emission by 6% from 1990 levels between 2008 and 2012. However, Canada's national emissions increased by over 30%, and it withdrew from Kyoto in 2011. Peter Kent, the Environment Minister, claimed that it was pointless for Canada to remain in agreement because the protocol didn't include the world's two largest greenhouse gas emitters, China and the United States. So it wouldn't be effective in solving climate change. Many Canadians were upset about this withdrawal, saying they were abdicating the nation's responsibility to the planet. In 2009, Canada signed the Copenhagen Accord, agreeing to reduce greenhouse gas emissions to 17% below 2005 levels by 2020. However, in 2014, Environment Canada released a statement that said Canada will not meet that target. In fact, the emissions may go up. In 2011, Canada formally withdrew from the Kyoto Protocol on reducing emissions of greenhouse gases, being the first nation to do so. In 2015, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau signed the Paris Agreement to help developing countries battle climate change. The agreement included limiting global temperature rises to below 2 degrees Celsius or 35.6 Fahrenheit. Canada is ranked 49 out of 180 nations with an overall Environmental Performance Index score of 50. Overall EPI rankings indicate which countries are best addressing the environmental challenges that every nation faces. Vegetation There are 38 national parks, 10 national park reserves, and one national urban park. The country contains 9% of the world's forests, yet they only cover 38% of Canadian land. The dominant trees are pine and fir. Only 1% of the forests have been deforested. Canada is known for being one of the countries with the cleanest air. Scientists have identified over 70,000 species of plants and animals occurring in Canada's diverse ecosystems, and as many more remain to be properly investigated. Canada has a low percentage of endemic species compared to many countries, but approximately 54 species of vascular plants, mammals, and freshwater fish and mollusks are known to be endemic to Canada. Wildlife There are 1,003 animal species in Canada, more than 50% being birds. There are 62 threatened species and 23 endangered. The most iconic animals of Canada are the beaver, moose, polar bear, bison, killer whale, walrus, caribou, and Atlantic puffin. Canada has the most polar bears in the world, 60% of them. In Manitoba, with a population of 900 people, 
the polar bears equal that number when passing through. The polar bears are endangered. They are one of a few mammals that adapt well to life on the ice. Their white coat often yellows with age. They have very large paws which aid in distributing their weight when walking on snow or thin ice. These paws also provide propulsion when swimming, and the paw pads have small bumps which provide traction on the ice. They hunt seals, which are a large part of their diet. Polar bears live a solitary life and interact with other bears when there is competition for food. At times, they dive underwater to catch their prey, keeping their eyes open and holding their breath for up to two minutes underwater. Moose are one of the Northern Hemisphere's largest land mammals and the largest member of the deer family. They are brown to black, depending on the animal's age and time of year. Babies are reddish in color. Their front legs are longer than their back legs. Each foot has two large toes with hoofs and two smaller toes. They have no upper front teeth, but have sharp incisors on the lower jaw. Their sensitive upper lip helps them distinguish between fresh shoots and harder twigs. They're found in forests, sometimes by swamps, lakes, rivers, wetlands, and farmland. They are active during the day. They're usually solitary, but herds can be seen during mating season. Moose are great swimmers and easily swim 10 miles. They can be seen resting in shallow water to escape biting insects. They are herbivores that eat twigs of birch and aspen trees, horsetail, roots, grasses, and pond weeds. As large as they are, they're preyed upon when sick or elderly by black bears, grizzly bears, wolves, and humans. The reindeer are a major presence in the way of wildlife in Canada. They're well adapted to Arctic and subarctic regions. They can digest lichen from the forests, and they migrate long distances, as hundreds of thousands travel across the tundra at certain times a year. There are over 2 million reindeer living in Canada. A report from 2016 shows that there has been a 40% decline over 25 years in the population. Further studies show this decline is continuing in 2021. The American beaver is native to North America and is semi-aquatic. Its coat is repellent with a shiny blackish-brown to russet color. Its front legs are shorter than its back legs, so when it walks, the front of its body is closer to the ground. They're very sociable and live in colonies. They're also very territorial, protecting their home range from other colonies. They're most active at night. When they find a source of food, they work to open water canals in which they transport the food across water to their lodge. They also pile up branches and sticks under the water as winter supply. They will construct dams in areas where the water is moving. They eat the bark of trees, aquatic plants, roots, and buds. Beavers' teeth never stop growing, so they prevent them from getting too long by chewing on trees. They have transparent eyelids, serving as goggles, which aid them in seeing clearly underwater. There are known cases where beavers and muskrats share a lodge together. People There are immigrants from many countries. It is one of the world's most multicultural and ethnically diverse nations. More than one-fifth of the population is made up of people born outside of Canada. 
The ethnic groups that make up the population are 28% from the British Isles, 23% French, 15% other European, 2% Amerindian, 6% other, which is mostly Asian, African, and Arab, and 26% with a mixed background. Settled by both France and Britain, there are English speakers, Anglophones, and French speakers, Francophones. Anglophones are the majority in all territories and provinces except Quebec. And Francophone isn't necessarily a descendant of an original French colonist. Instead, the term encompasses any French speaker who affiliates with French-Canadian society more closely than English-Canadian. Besides French and English, there are many who speak Spanish, Mandarin, Cantonese, and a variety of Arabic dialects. The First Nations people have been seeking to reclaim their ethnic sovereignty over the land. The indigenous population is disadvantaged in comparison to people of other backgrounds. 5% of the population identify as indigenous peoples. One of the indigenous groups is the Inuit. These people have been living in Canada for thousands of years. They live in the northern regions of the country and share cultural and historical links with peoples of other circumpolar countries, such as Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Russia, and the United States. The Inuit of Canada live in Inuit Nunangut, a large territory encompassing water, ice, and land in the Arctic region. These people are often erroneously referred to as Eskimos. They are correctly called Inuit as a group and Inuk as an individual. The Inuit invented the snowshoe to aid in walking across deep snow areas. They're made from the sinews of caribou, antlers, and bone. They also discovered that seal skin is a great waterproofing material for canoes, which they use to navigate the ice floats in the open sea. Another invention they are credited with is snow goggles. Some prehistoric depictions of people wearing these have been discovered along with some found made from bone and antlers. These help to protect one's eyes from the glare of the sun. A popular form of transportation is the dog sled, or kamutik. This can carry heavy loads over densely packed snow or terrain. They use Siberian huskies to pull the sled, and the kimik, a breed they developed which is smaller and broader than the Siberian husky. The Inuit speak Inuktitut, with five different dialects. Linguists have worked with the Inuit to create two different forms of the language, and these are used in major publications and signage. In Nunavut, one in five Inuit are employed in the arts. Some forms of their art are soapstone carving, textiles woven from natural materials, and the unique musical style called throat singing. Another art form which can be seen in the landscape is the Inukshuk, figures of human form built from piles of stone often in such a way that they appear to be defying gravity. The Inuit rely on Arctic animals for food and clothing. These include the polar bear, or nanook, seal, caribou, wolf, walrus, and whales. The Inuit historically were a nomadic society who followed migrating herds, and along the way would harvest berries, grasses, and tubers. Yet today, they're mainly stationary, living in villages or towns. In 1999, 
the Inuit people gained the right to self-determination and rights over their land, which amounts to 20% of the total area of Canada. Their capital lies in the city of Iqaluit in Nunavut Territory. It is Canada's northernmost capital and one of the fastest-growing communities. This act of granting land to Indigenous peoples on such a large scale has never been done before. It also represents the fifth-largest country subdivision in the world. For languages, 69% speak English only, 11% speak French only, 18% speak both English and French, 2% speak neither English nor French. There's also Punjabi, Italian, Spanish, German, Cantonese, Tagalog, Arabic, and other languages spoken, including dozens of indigenous languages. Religion There is no official religion in Canada, but Christianity is the dominant faith. Legal proceedings often open with swearing on the Bible, and many official functions open with a prayer. Religions practiced or professed to be part of include Catholic at 39%, Protestant at 20.3%, Orthodox at 1.6%, Other Christians 6.3%, Muslim 3.2%, Hindu 1.5%, Sikh 1.4%, Buddhist 1.1%, Jewish 1%, Other 0.6%, and none at 23.9%. The Constitution guarantees freedom of conscience religion, thought, belief, opinion, expression, and the right to equal protection and benefit of the law without discrimination based on religion. The government does not require religious groups to register, but some registered groups may receive tax-exempt status. Provincial governments continue to impose societal-wide restrictions on assembly, including all faith groups, to limit the transmission of COVID-19. Some religious communities said provincial orders and additional measures were discriminatory against religious groups because mass gatherings for sports events and other functions were permitted. Reports continued of anti-Muslim and anti-Semitic incidents, including cases of violence, hate speech, harassment, discrimination, and vandalism. In June and July, unidentified individuals set fire to several Roman Catholic churches in indigenous communities across the country after the discovery of unmarked graves believed to be of indigenous children on or near the sites of former Indian residential schools. Catholic and Protestant religious groups operated most of these schools, and according to media, the government funded them to force the assimilation of indigenous children into the dominant Canadian culture and strip them of their native culture, language, and religion. Religion is not discussed when people don't know each other well. People are perceived as irritating and self-righteous if they sound as though they are preaching in social conversation. History Canada comes from the indigenous Huron-Iroquois word kanata, meaning village. The Vikings arrived in 1021, presumably on the northern side of Newfoundland. In 1534, Jacques Cartier, French explorer, claimed the shores of the Gulf of St. Lawrence for France. In 1583, Newfoundland became the first overseas colony of England. The Beaver Wars, or the Iroquois Wars, started in the 1600s 
and came about with the competitive fur trade between the Five Nations, First Nations, and French colonial forces. In 1756, the Seven Years' War began between New France and the British colonies. This ended with the signing of the Treaty of Paris in 1763, giving all French colonies east of the Mississippi River to Britain. In 1867, the modern Canadian government began with the passing of the British North American Act, creating a federation between Quebec, Ontario, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. In 1898, a gold rush began along the upper Yukon River. In 1947, the explorer Ben Cabot, Italian-born, traveled to England securing ships and set sail hoping to find a shorter route to Asia. The ships landed on the coast of Newfoundland. In 1931, complete autonomy was given to Canada, along with all British dominions when the Statute of Westminster was agreed upon. In 1949, Canada became one of the founding members of NATO, or North Atlantic Treaty Organization. In 1982, complete independence was granted to Canada when Britain passed the Canada Act. In 1992, the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, was agreed upon by Canada, the United States, and Mexico. In 2016, Canada signed a free trade agreement with the European Union. Then, in 2018, the United States, Canada, and Mexico reached a new trade deal, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement. It gives the United States greater access to Canada's dairy market and allows extra imports of Canadian cars. Throughout history, there has been conflict between English-speaking and French-speaking Canadians. It finally reached ahead in 1970, when the Front de Libération du Québec, or the FLQ, a terrorist organization that was known for bombing cities, robbing banks, and committing other crimes, kidnapped the UK Trade Commissioner James Cross. Several hundred suspects were arrested and the revolt was halted. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues There was an ongoing dispute between Canada and Denmark over Hans Island an uninhabited island in the middle of the Kennedy Channel between Greenland and Ellesmere Island, Canada. It began in 1978 and finally came to an end with an agreement to divide the territory between the two in 2022. The conflict came to be called the Whiskey War, also known as the Liquor Wars. This is because, in 1984, Canadian soldiers provoked Denmark by planting its flag on the island and leaving a bottle of Canadian whiskey. That same year, the Danish Minister of Greenland Affairs came to the island himself, placing a Danish flag and leaving a bottle of cognac. Along with that, he posted a letter stating, Welcome to the Danish island. The two countries had continued with these gestures back and forth, each time exchanging alcoholic beverages and respectfully folding up the opposing country's flag. The dispute was finally settled in 2022 with a border down the middle of the island with each country in possession of half. Known terrorist groups in the country are ISIS and Hezbollah. There are managed maritime boundary disputes with the United States at Dixon Entrance, Beaufort Sea, Strait of Juan de Fuca, and the Gulf of Maine, including the disputed Machias Seal Island in North Rock. 
Canada and the United States dispute how to divide the Beaufort Sea and the status of the Northwest Passage, but continue to work cooperatively to survey the Arctic continental shelf. United States works closely with Canada to intensify security measures for monitoring and controlling legal and illegal movement of people, transport, and commodities across the international border. There are 22,400 refugees and migrants from Venezuela. Other migrants are 9,883 from Nigeria, 7,571 from Turkey, 7,385 from Iran, 6,965 from Pakistan, 6,287 from China, and 5,244 from Colombia. There are 3,823 stateless persons. There is illicit production of fentanyl, primarily for Canada's domestic drug market, with at least small quantities smuggled to the United States. Complex laboratories set up for fentanyl production have been found, and Mexican traffickers are present in the country. Canada legalized marijuana in 2018. Significant human rights issues included credible reports of unlawful or arbitrary killings, crimes involving violence against Indigenous women and girls, and crimes involving violence or threats targeting Black, Asian, Jewish, and Muslim minorities. The government had mechanisms in place to identify, investigate, prosecute, and punish officials who committed human rights abuses and corruption. In the Freedom House, Freedom in the World 2022 report, Canada scored 87 out of 100 and is considered free in the areas of political rights and civil liberties. Government The legal system is common law except in Quebec, where civil law is based on the French civil code. Universal suffrage is 18 years of age. The monarchy of Canada is Canada's form of government. It is sometimes referred to as the maple crown. It is at the core of Canada's constitutional, federal structure and Westminster-style parliamentary democracy. The King of Canada since September 8, 2022, has been Charles III. This person of the sovereign is shared with 14 other independent countries within the Commonwealth of Nations. Yet, each country's monarchy is separate and legally distinct. As King of Canada, Charles III and other members of the royal family undertake public and private functions domestically and abroad as representatives of Canada. However, the king is the only member of the royal family with any constitutional role. As all executive authority is vested in the sovereign, royal assent is required to allow for bills to become law, although these acts stem from the Canadian people through the constitutional conventions of democracy. Thus, within Canada's constitutional monarchy, the sovereign's direct participation in any of these areas of governance is normally limited with the sovereign typically exercising executive authority only with the advice and consent of the Cabinet of Canada. And the sovereign's legislative and judicial responsibilities are largely carried out through the Parliament of Canada, as well as judges and justices of the peace. Executive Branch The monarch is Chief of State, presently King Charles III, who acts as the ceremonial figure for the Canadian government. 
the monarchy is hereditary. The monarch lives predominantly in the United Kingdom, and while several powers are the sovereigns alone, most of the royal governmental and ceremonial duties in Canada are carried out by the monarch's representative, the Governor-General of Canada, currently Mary Simon. The Governor-General is appointed by the monarch on the advice of the Prime Minister for a five-year term. In Canada's provinces, the monarch in right of each is represented by a lieutenant governor. As territories fall under the federal jurisdiction, they each have a commissioner, rather than a lieutenant governor, who represents the federal crown and council directly. The head of government is the Prime Minister, presently Justin Pierre James Trudeau. The cabinet is called the Federal Ministry and is chosen by the Prime Minister usually from among members of his or her own party sitting in Parliament. Legislative Branch It is a bicameral Parliament which consists of Senate and House of Commons. The Senate has 105 seats, with members being appointed by the Governor-General on the advice of the Prime Minister and can serve until age 75. The House of Commons has 338 seats, with members being directly elected in single-seat constituencies by simple majority vote with terms up to five years. Judicial Branch The highest court is the Supreme Court of Canada, which consists of the Chief Justice and eight judges. The Chief Justice and judges are appointed by the Prime Minister in Council. All judges are appointed for life with mandatory retirement at age 75. There are several subordinate courts. There are six political parties, Bloc Québécois, Conservative Party of Canada, Green Party, Liberal Party, New Democratic Party, and People's Party of Canada. The military is made up of Canadian Army, Royal Canadian Navy, Royal Canadian Air Force, Canadian Joint Operations Command, Canadian Special Operations Forces Command, Primary Reserve, which is Army, Air, and Naval Reserves, and the Coast Guard, which also includes Department of Fisheries and Oceans. The Army Reserves include the Canadian Rangers, which provides a limited presence in Canada's northern, coastal, and isolated areas for sovereignty, public safety, and surveillance roles. There are approximately 70,000 active armed forces personnel. The Army also has approximately 19,000 part-time volunteer soldiers in the reserve force, including about 5,500 rangers. The military inventory is a mix of domestically produced equipment and imported weapon systems from Australia, Europe, Israel, and the United States. Since 2010, the leading supplier has been the United States. Canada's defense industry develops, maintains, and produces a range of equipment, including aircraft, combat vehicles, naval vessels, and associated components. There is voluntary military service for both male and female beginning at age 17 with parental consent. It is 16 years of age for reserve and military college applicants. Canadian citizenship or permanent resident status is required. The maximum age is 34 years. Service obligation is 3 to 9 years. There are nearly 1,400 military personnel deployed for NATO, air, land, and sea missions in the European theater, 
including up to 650 troops in Latvia and 140 in Romania. In response to Russia's 2022 invasion of Ukraine, some NATO countries, including Canada, have sent additional troops and equipment to the battle groups deployed in NATO territory in Eastern Europe. Canada is a member of NATO and was one of the original 12 countries to sign the North Atlantic Treaty, also known as the Washington Treaty, in 1949. Canada is part of the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, established in 1958. NORAD is a Canada-United States bi-national military command responsible for monitoring and defending North American airspace. Traditionally, a Canadian Armed Forces officer has served as the deputy commander of NORAD. Canada's defense relationship with the United States extends back to the Ogdensburg Declaration of 1940, when the two countries formally agreed on military cooperation, including the establishment of a permanent joint board on defense, which continued to be the highest level bilateral defense forum between Canada and the United States as of 2022. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, also known as Mounties, is the federal and national police service. The government considers them to be an unofficial national symbol and people feel it is important to their national identity. However, there has been declining favorable feelings towards the mounted police since some high-profile scandals, staffing shortages, and the forces handling of the 2020 Nova Scotia attacks. These attacks were carried out by one gunman on April 18 through 19, 2020. He set fire to 16 locations, killed 22 people, and injured three others. The death penalty was abolished in 1998. Parliament seats held by women equal 29.6%. Citizenship Citizenship is granted at birth. There is citizenship by descent only, and dual citizenship is recognized. Residency requirements for naturalization is a minimum of three of the last five years as resident in Canada. Economy Diamonds began to become a commodity mined in the country in the early 2000s. There are now four active diamond mines. Alberta has 50% of the world's supply of bitumen. Since World War II, the impressive growth of the manufacturing, mining, and service sectors has transformed the nation from a largely rural economy into one primarily industrial and urban Canada has a large oil and natural gas sector with the majority of crude oil production derived from oil sands in the western provinces, especially Alberta. Canada now ranks third in the world in proved oil reserves behind Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and is the world's seventh largest oil producer. The 1989 Canada-United States Free Trade Agreement and the 1994 North American Free Trade Agreement which includes Mexico, dramatically increased trade and economic integration between the United States and Canada. Canada and the U.S. enjoy the world's most comprehensive bilateral trade and investment relationship. Over three-fourths of Canada's merchandise exports are destined for the United States each year. Canada is the largest foreign supplier of energy to the U.S., including oil, natural gas, and electric power, and a top source of U.S. uranium imports. 
Natural resources include bauxite, iron ore, nickel, zinc, copper, gold, lead, uranium, rare earth elements, molybdenum, potash, diamonds, silver, fish, timber, wildlife, coal, petroleum, natural gas, and hydropower. More uranium is produced here than anywhere else in the world, and it's known for its high grade of this element. Uranium can be used for nuclear power generation. Agricultural products are wheat, rapeseed, maize, barley, milk, soybeans, potatoes, oats, peas, and pork. There are also 15 million cows, with many being farmed in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Canada was the world's fourth biggest exporter of wheat in 2021, trailing the United States, Russia, and Australia. Industries are transportation equipment, chemicals, processed and unprocessed minerals, food products, wood and paper products, fish products, petroleum, and natural gas. The land use is 7% for agriculture, 39% for forest, 9% water areas, 1% urban, and 53% for other. GDP is composed of 2% agriculture, 25.5% industry, and 72.5% services. Canada scores 76.6 on the 2022 Index of Economic Freedom, making it the 15th freest economy this year. It ranks first among 32 countries in the Americas region, and its overall score is above the regional and world averages. Exports. This amounts to $631.3 billion in U.S. dollar value. Major export goods are crude oil, cars, gold, petroleum gases, and sawn wood. Major export partners are the United States, China, United Kingdom, Japan, and Mexico. Imports. This amounts to $613.6 billion in U.S. dollar value. Major import goods are cars, car parts and accessories, trucks, crude oil, and processed petroleum oil. Major import partners are the United States, China, Mexico, Germany, and Japan. Unemployment rate. This was 7.5% for 2022. Poverty rate. 11%, 2021. Urbanism and architecture. The country is sparsely populated with a population density of 4.2 per square kilometer, or 11 people per square mile. Most of the people live within about 300 kilometers of the southern border with the United States. The most populated province is Ontario, followed by Quebec and British Columbia. Those living in urban settings are about 81.5% of the total population. Ottawa is the capital, but only the sixth largest city in the country. It is a major administrative, financial, and economic center of the country and an internationally important financial, cultural, and business center. The name Ottawa is derived from the Algonquin word Adaway, which means the trade. Toronto is the largest city, with 6.33 million, and Montreal is next with 4.27 million, and Vancouver has 2.63 million. About 50% of the population live in a single detached house. About 30% live in apartment buildings, and the remainder live in semi-detached homes, row houses, duplexes, 
and a very small percentage in movable dwellings. The average household size is 2.4. Family and households. The typical family has two children, and it's usually just the nuclear family living together, not the extended family. However, with the steady increase in the number of elderly in Canada, many are moving back into homes with their adult children. The parents in the house usually share household chores. Marriage. About 57% of the population 15 years and older are married. Many get to know each other by sharing a meal or drink together, and it is socially acceptable for the woman to ask the man to go out on a date. It's normal for both to date different people at the same time, until they agree upon keeping it exclusive. Dating can be a very long process, even years of living together before getting married. The main reason for marriage is love for each other, not economic or social reasons. Common law marriages are officially recognized and have almost the same rights as those in a conventional marriage. Canada was the third country to legalize same-sex marriage, and LGBTI relationships are relatively common. Child-rearing More women than men choose to interrupt their careers to raise their children. The trend is toward women being 29 to 30 for their first child. Children share in the household chores, including helping to prepare meals. Children most often live with their parents until they either go off to college, get a job, or get married. However, in today's economically challenging times, many young adults end up moving back home after finishing their college education. Teenagers are often involved in sports, drama clubs, orchestra, and school government. Many teens have after-school part-time jobs. Most enjoy going to the beach, attending sporting events, going to the movies, dancing, or dining out. Problems encountered by children in Canada are discrimination against those of Indigenous groups, discrimination against handicapped children as seen by one handicapped refugee who is deported because she was considered a burden to the social services, although she was later allowed to stay in Canada. Other things are sexual exploitation and mistreatment, including using excessive force. Etiquette Canadians are known for being extra polite. Saying please and thank you is very important. Also, saying sorry in a socially awkward situation is the norm. Things that are not openly discussed are salaries, one's age, weight, or wealth. Asking someone about their political leaning can also be considered intrusive. It is important that one maintains their place in line and doesn't try to go ahead of others. If you need to get a waiter's attention, it's best to make eye contact, then nod or raise your hand, or just say, excuse me, as they are walking by. Speaking with your mouth full of food is considered rude. Clearing one's throat loudly can be seen as antagonistic. People are not used to strong outbursts of emotions or yelling in public. When waiting in line to use an ATM, it's the custom to divert your eyes away from the person in front of you to allow that person privacy. Canadians are very punctual in general and expect that to be upheld by others. It would be rude to be more than 10 or 15 minutes late. One should make arrangements ahead of time when they want to visit someone at their home. Unexpected visits are not the norm. Always check with the host before bringing others along with you for a visit. 
when entering one's home, ask to see if they would like you to remove your shoes. When sitting down to a meal at one's home, the serving dishes are usually passed around so that each person can take what they would like. It is acceptable to not take from any of the dishes you do not want. A polite gesture is to offer to help clean up after a meal. Gifts are given on special occasions and usually with a card. People will generally open the gift in front of the giver. It's not considered personal enough to give money as a present, but a gift card to a specific shop that the receiver of the gift really enjoys is appropriate. When visiting someone's home, you can also bring a small gift of chocolate or wine. Canadians may consider someone obnoxious if they boast about themselves or try to elevate themselves above others. Take care to not be overly argumentative or combative in discussions. Controversial subjects should be approached with calmness and openness. When conversing with Indigenous people or about these ones, it's best to not refer to them as natives or Indians. Instead, Indigenous is the appropriate descriptor for First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people. Culture The Canadian term A is in the dictionary and is defined as a term used to ask for confirmation or repetition or to express inquiry. It is in anticipation of the listener's or reader's agreement. Canadians are modest and don't readily display their achievements or successes. They don't like to make others feel inferior due to a lower socioeconomic status. There is a culture of equity between the sexes. There are a few differences between the Anglophone and the Francophone cultures. Anglophones tend to be more reserved in behavior and communication style. And Francophones have a strong independent streak and have repeatedly campaigned for separation from the dominant Anglophone society. People who migrate to Canada are encouraged to maintain their own cultural heritage. Canada has always embraced immigrants and considers their addition as benefit to the country's development. Greetings are usually informal, with handshaking and use of first names. Eye contact is the norm. French Canadians may include a light kiss on both cheeks. Hugs, nods, and a slap on the back may be exchanged between two who know each other very well. Canadians are direct in their communication style while still maintaining tact and diplomacy. Politeness is very important, so words are chosen carefully when expressing disagreement. Canadians like their personal space, so there is some distance between people while speaking together. Eye contact is maintained while conversing, and gesturing is not too common. Canadians generally follow the English naming conventions, starting with one's first name or given name, followed by a middle name, a second given name, and then the last name or family name. This is conventionally the father's family name. It is traditional for English-speaking Canadian women to adopt their husband's last name at marriage, but not the rule. The French naming convention is also a first name, middle name, and family name. However, there are some differences. It's a French custom for women to keep their family name and not adopt that of their husband. Hyphenated surnames are also very common. Many of the most common given names have a Christian origin, such as Noah, Grace, or Michael. The most common family names have a British origin, such as Johnson, Smith, MacDonald, and Wilson. 
It is common for French-speaking Canadians to have French names such as André, Antoine, Jacques, and Adèle. Common French last names are Tremblay, Roy, Gauthier, and Gagnon. It is expected that when you promise to do something that you follow through on your word. There are no legal restrictions on same-sex sexual relations or the organization of LGBTQI events in Canada. Crime and Legal Issues Canadian law prohibits possession and trafficking of controlled substances and narcotics. Canada has legalized the personal consumption of recreational cannabis, but Canadian law prohibits taking cannabis across Canada's national borders. Visitors bringing any firearms or ammunition into Canada must declare the firearms in writing using a non-resident firearm declaration form. Canadian law requires officials to confiscate firearms and ammunition and other weapons from persons crossing the border who do not declare having the items in their possession. Doing business. Canada has six time zones. Business dress code is conventional with tie-in suits for males and business dress or suit for females. Punctuality is expected. Meetings may begin with minimal small talk and tend to be informal and relaxed. They're generally well organized. Canadians have a rational and logical way of expressing themselves and will not be swayed by emotions, passion, or feelings. Businesses are normally open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. Some stores remain open until 9 p.m. during the weekdays and are also open on the weekends, usually until 5 p.m. Most businesses are closed on Sundays. Social provisions. Canadian labor laws specify certain minimum employment standards, which are mandatory benefits and vary from province to province. 90% of Canadian workers are protected by these laws, and the other 10% work in federally regulated places. Vacation differs in each province, But an example from British Columbia is that employees are entitled to two weeks paid vacation after one year of employment and three weeks vacation after five years. They also get 10 national holidays off. For vacations, salaried employees are given full salary, but hourly employees get 4% of all earnings. There is maternity leave up to 17 weeks for pregnant mothers who can take up to 13 weeks before the birth of the child. Natural or adoptive parents are entitled to up to 63 weeks of parental leave, which can be split between the two parents. Both maternity and parental leave are unpaid by the employer. Sick leave varies, but one example from British Columbia is that employees are entitled to five paid sick days and an additional three unpaid sick days for each 12-month period. There is critical illness leave, unpaid by the employer, where employees with a family member of a critically ill child or adult are eligible for up to 17 weeks or 37 weeks, depending on the family member. Compassionate care leave, unpaid by employer, is when an employee's immediate family member has a serious medical condition. The employee can take up to 28 weeks to look after that family member. The Canadian Pension Plan is contributed to mandatorily by a certain percentage of the employer's wage. This provides retirement pensions and survivor's benefits for widows and children, as well as certain disability benefits. 
There is employment insurance for those who lose their jobs through no fault of their own. This is paid out for 14 to 45 weeks while the person is looking for work. It's generally 55% of the average earnings. The Government of Canada provides basic health coverage through its publicly funded universal health care system. This covers basic health care such as hospital and emergency room care, doctor visits, and various medical services like x-rays or MRIs. Government-funded health coverage doesn't generally include prescription drugs, dental, vision, and paramedical services, such as massage therapy, physical therapy, or chiropractor. Citizens seek insurance through a personally funded private insurance policy or their employer. About 90% of large companies and 70% of small companies provide a benefits package to employees. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Canada Part 1. Next time, we'll learn about the education system, some of the famous foods in the country, and get an introduction into some of the spectacular places to see here. And as usual, we'll discover some of the famous people who came from Canada and find out some of the interesting facts you may never have known about this huge and incredibly interesting country. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, Canada Part 2. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout out in my next episode and you will have a chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you will receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. I look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners. Please feel free to contact me via any of the social media apps you find in my show notes.